Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, February 28th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about Super Tuesday, which is coming up. It's upon us. The coronavirus and a big economic development project in Little Rock that's yet to materialize. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So we're recording this on Friday before Tuesday, March the 3rd. Um, when, when, of course, the, the big primary elections and nonpartisan elections will happen. So we've talked a little bit about them in the past, but um, what's happened recently and, and, and venture some, some bold predictions. We've, we've certainly had some uh, presidential candidates come to town. Mike Bloomberg was back in the state this week. Amy Klobuchar is going to be in Fayetteville. It now looks like Super Tuesday. Uh, After being here on Saturday? Yeah, just last week. And uh, Elizabeth Warren is going to be here on Saturday. Right, Elizabeth Warren's coming this weekend. And, oh, you know, and lots of endorsements are rolling out, some big, some small, from various people. I think Amy Klobuchar got... Uh, an endorsement this week from Vic Snyder, the former congressman, and from Will Bond, the current state senator. Of course, Pete Buttigieg has Clark Tucker in his camp. There, the interesting thing to me, I think, is is this uh, this fact that Frank Scott, who's the mayor of Little Rock and an African American, has endorsed Bloomberg, no doubt in hopes of money flowing from Bloomberg toward City Ventures, uh, as other black mayors around the country have done. But a lot of traditional African-American politicians, Jamie Scott, Fred Love, some older members of the Congress, are backing Joe Biden, a more traditional choice. And I think one interesting thing is whether that will help ignite Biden a little bit in Arkansas. You know, the only polling that's been done was was really hard to say for sure. It had a slight lead, I think, for Bloomberg, of course, who spent a couple of million dollars in Arkansas. Uh, you know, when it all settles out, I, I think there's a chance Biden might surprise here. But, but boy, there's some enthusiasm in old liberal white Democratic circles for Klobuchar and Warren. It was interesting. I went to a house party at Bobby Roberts' house last night, the former librarian, for Klobuchar. And it was a pretty good gathering of a lot of familiar liberal Democrats, I must say. And there were a lot of people there like me who were happy happy to go to it and happy to hear about it and are not unfavorably disposed to Klobuchar, but who'd already voted for Elizabeth Warren. There were quite a few people in the House that way. Uh, so I, I just don't know. I, I don't think Warren will do well in Arkansas, uh, despite my support. But, but uh, I don't know. I, 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 I think... Uh, does Bernie Sanders have a chance in Arkansas? Well, Bernie has some support here, but I, I think it's going to be in the, the 20% range. That's That'd be my prediction. And, you know, I mean, the, the situation is, and, and I got just the response I thought I'd get from the Bernie bros, is there was a poll of California voters, and, and Sanders has a, a strong lead on the field. He has about 30% of the vote. And so he's 10 or 12 or 15 points ahead of his next closest person. But I put on Twitter, well, another way to look at that is, you know, he's got 34% and 66% are voting for anybody but Bernie. And uh, the Bernie bros went nuts and are saying, what an idiot I am. And that's an unfair observation and blah, blah, blah. But that's exactly the observation that we could face going into the Democratic National Convention, that he arrives there with 
a third of the delegates and two thirds of the delegates, do, the, do they really have Bernie as a second choice? I don't think many of them at the Democratic National Convention will. And so that's, that's the big thing that's ahead of us is if the delegates say, we just don't think, and, and last night, everybody who talked, it was all about beating Bernie and thinking that he'd be a disaster for the party as a nominee. There are a lot of people who think that's not true, but there are a lot who do. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. There's some polls that say he'd do better against Trump than other candidates would. But but that's that's the question. I mean, I think everybody at this party last night will vote for whoever the nominee is, including if it's Bernie, and do so happily. But will Bernie bros vote for any of the other candidates if the convention pick somebody else as a nominee, I think a lot of them won't if 2016 is a guide. And so I, I just fear we're heading to a disaster and, and uh, another four years of Donald Trump. I'm still terribly worried about that. Yeah, me too. And I mostly feel like I don't know, though Bernie does not scare me like he does so many other times. I just don't like Bernie. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it, it's not a philosophical thing at all. Yeah, I, I prefer uh, Warren, but Bernie doesn't really bother me. Um, okay, so we've t- we talked a lot about the race for Supreme Court between Chip Welch and uh, Barbara um, Webb. Webb, and uh, the dark money has started to flow, but Chip he, Welch is raising money. He's uh, you know he's well. matching Webb in raising money pretty much, uh, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, the Republican State Leadership Committee, a dark money group out of Washington, his reported putting in 255000 and I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. They may spend a million for it's over with. Uh, the interesting thing is is that they haven't yet been able to cobble up anything to knock Chip Welch about except for darkly calling him some ultra-liberal or something. There's no nothing on the record that would suggest that except that he has been a plaintiff's lawyer and represented people who've had injuries and seeking damages in court. And in the Republican world, that's far out there letting injured people get redressed for their injuries that's a very a very liberal idea of the republican party but but in any event they've got the money and she enjoys support from all the corporate PACs in arkansas and from warren stevens and from jim walton and people like that who believe you me do not want injured poor people to get into the courts of arkansas and she will deliver for them the sad thing is, is, is that she's clearly violating ethical standards by running an overtly partisan campaign. She's accepted tens of thousands of dollars from Republican Party committees to help her campaign. She's uh, using endorsements by Asa Hutchinson and Mike Huckabee. I mean, she is. I help her by pointing out what a Republican she is because she thinks that that will be enough to get her elected in Arkansas as the Republican identification. That's contrary to the canon of judicial ethics in just about every way you can imagine, and there have been complaints filed, but by the time they're decided, the election will be long over and it, it won't really matter. The only hope for Chip Welch is, is a big turnout in the Democratic primary for president, which presumably would produce voters who are more inclined to his candidacy than to a right-wing conservative anti-sick person candidate like Barbara Webb, wife of the Republican Party chair. In Pulaski County, the news is good. In early voting, there have been 14,000 early votes, and Democratic primary voters are running 3-1 to one against Republican primary voters. However, I suspect in Republican strongholds like Benton County, those numbers may be somewhat reversed. The Republican Party of Arkansas is spending money for radio advertising 
urging Republicans to vote in the Republican primary. There's really nothing to vote for there except in a couple of state representative races. And, and Trump has no meaningful opposition, but what that ad is about is to get people out there and vote Republican primary and make sure they vote for Barbara Webb, too. It's a really slimy, underhanded, well, it's not underhanded, it's open-handed slimy tactic, but uh, yeah, that's you, where we are now. Talk about the, the partisan uh, flavor of Webb's campaign. There was an ethics complaint filed that's sort of dragging along. Right, I mean, by, by Jessica uh, Verdon-Mallet, who's a, She's a Democrat by inclination. She's a lawyer, but, you know, they've told her, well, these things take time. We have to investigate them, and then a panel reviews them, and we'll get around to them in a couple of months. I mean, and, and that's not really wrong. I mean, the ethics mechanisms in the state are not designed to give you instant rulings on things. That's part of their weakness, that and a lack of meaningful punishment for when it's violated. And once she's elected, even, even if they find the guts to say a Supreme Court candidate got elected by virtue of unethical campaigning, they're not going to remove her from the office. They might send her a letter saying, don't do that again, please, or something like that. So I'm afraid we're just... The, 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 the most striking thing still remains the utter hypocrisy of it. The Republican Party of Arkansas campaigned in the legislature and elsewhere to end partisan judicial elections. They were correct. I mean, they did it partially to stop the flow of campaign filing fees from judicial candidates, but we shouldn't have elections at all. But if we do have elections, they shouldn't be run on a partisan basis. They were right. But now they're they're using this to elect judges. It's uh, They're just a bunch of blithering, hypocritical dicks. That's all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's move on and talk uh, coronavirus. Governor Hutchinson and other state <clears throat> officials today offered a briefing on the state's plans to deal with Yeah, well, Asa was kind of trump light today. You know, Donald Trump is just furious that the markets have gone down because of coronavirus, and his people are out saying, I mean, just batshit crazy stuff, that it's a conspiracy to beat Donald Trump, and that it's fake, and it's not real, and, you know, the the fact that there are dead people all over the world indicates that coronavirus is, is all too real. It's not, fa- it's not fake news. But... Asa Hutchinson kind of treaded a fine line. He he did a lot of the, let's not panic. Let's get out and live our lives like normal. Keep spending money. It's important for the economy that you keep going about your business. But you know, it's kind of, he said, the, the, he said that the economic effect here has been minimal. Well, you know, that may be largely true, but it's not true. I mean, there are travel agencies in Little Rock that are experiencing huge downturns in business because people aren't taking trips because cruises are being canceled and countries are blocking entry of people into their country. And there's been there's been a dramatic impact on, on business between China, for example, where Asa Hutchinson's son is making a lot of money working for Chinese companies to get handouts from the governor. Uh, it's, you know, they're worried that we won't get the supplies of, of raw ingredients we need to get Tylenol from China, just to give you one example. So there's a little bit of whistling past the graveyard here. But the news was is that so far we don't have any confirmed cases in Arkansas. There's one person who's being tested because they meet some of the criteria from the CDC for testing. And there are 10 people, I think, probably who've been to China probably or somewhere who are being monitored for development of symptoms is because they have had some warning signals raised. Um, you know, maybe Donald Trump will be, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't hazard, hazard a guess. Maybe Donald Trump's wishes will come true that 
this will be a seasonal thing that won't have great effect. And, and, you know, let us hope. But I just don't know. I do think that we need as much information as possible and we need to take our guidance from doctors and they shouldn't be censored as the Trump administration is trying to do to make information go through Mike Pence, who's a provable moron on scientific matters. I mean, he helped the AIDS rate go up in Indiana. He once went on a radio show and said there's no connection between cigarettes and respiratory illness. I mean, this guy's an idiot. He's a fool. And we're going to let him decide what can be released about coronavirus? It's nuts. And so uh, to the extent that Ace had talked today about what the health department's doing, and there's a website that provides a lot of everything they know at this point and advice on washing your hands and what have you and being careful. I mean, he struck at least a moderate tone, as Ace is, is prone to do. But there was an awful lot of talking about how Mike Pence said we shouldn't panic. Well, we shouldn't and, panic. I mean, and we shouldn't. And, I, you know, I mean, there's an element of panic that, that I experience on my trip, you know. But, but at the same time, we shouldn't downplay this disease that has thousands of sick people and hundreds of dead people and, you know, and that is galloping around the world. You're not panicking because you have a subscription to the Bean of the Month Club, a surplus. Yeah, you're right. I got, and you've got 30 pounds up. of beans in my house, so if something bad happens, I can cook beans forever. As long as the internet doesn't go out, you can just well, stay at but home. But as I said, I need, a, I need a freezer full of fat back to season those beans right and a toe sack of onions, too. <laughs> well, get on it before it's too late. Finally, uh, CZ USA, a Czech gunmaker that's supposed to begin operating uh, at the Little Rock port next month. Uh, well, that, that isn't going to happen. No. You know, somebody tipped me to check this, and it turned out to be right. And This is the interesting thing to me. A year ago, at a news conference attended by the governor and the mayor and various other big shots, this was touted as one of the biggest industrial locations in Arkansas history. The Little Rock Port Authority, under pressure from the governor, gave this company 73 acres of land for free. They promised to build them roads. And and this company, by the way, is not going to use the port or use the port railroad. It's just going to kind of use it as an industrial park and supposedly hire 550 people to, uh, to manufacture guns and distribute them. Well, last February, they said the first phase of this plant would be open in March, which is tomorrow. And they haven't turned a spade of dirt yet. And they say, well, they're having trouble getting their financing together. Apparently nobody in the U.S. will lend them any money, although the state of Arkansas is willing to lend them $18 million. They haven't forked it over yet, I'm happy to say. But they're going into the Prague stock market to try and raise some money for this Little Rock plant. And so, you know, they say, but but we're still working on it and we're confident it's going to happen. And maybe so, maybe it will. But this is the interesting thing to me is we've committed money. We've given them land, and the title of the land's transferred. And and I've discovered that the promise that they'd be operating by tomorrow is not going to come true, and nobody seems to care except the Arkansas Times. I mean, no, we've reported this. It's fact. It's been confirmed by the port, by the company itself, by every, by the AEDC, and that doesn't seem to be news. I mean, this is the corporate welfare game and there's no accountability, and we pass this money out. They didn't do due diligence on this. Didn't they have some idea this company's financing might not be solid? Maybe they shouldn't have given them 73 acres of Little Rock land until they knew it was solid. 
This is like when they spent $26 million to buy the Verizon building in hopes they had a prospect, Raytheon, to occupy it, and they didn't. So they moved a bunch of state agencies in there to cover their stupid decision, but they emptied buildings all over town, which, I mean, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a musical chairs game is all. It didn't save any money by moving. They had to spend a ton of money to move all those state agencies in there. And this is an economic development agency that on top of this has uh, promised a paper mill that's not coming to Arkadelphia. It's promised a textile mill that's not coming to Forest City. There's a lot of there's a lot of BS walking at the state, and Mike Preston gets big bonuses for the great job he's done as an economic development director. And we've got a gunmaker that ain't here, and a pulp, pulp mill that ain't here, and a textile mill that ain't here, and a building the state had to buy to cover a stupid decision. And I'm thought, man, if this is how private business operates, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I want less of it, not more. Well, I'm reflexively against corporate welfare, but what if you were governor? What would what would you do? Would you just not play the corporate welfare game? Well, you know, I had an interesting talk with Gabe Holmstrom, who's downtown Little Rock, and he development guy, and and, and he says you got to play this game, and he he's really lobbying for some stronger tax credits programs to match what some other cities in the country do, and he thinks it'd make the difference in developing the Boyle Building and the Donaghy Building downtown. He may be right. I don't know. I mean, it it takes a really amazing bit of courage to say we're not going to play this game anymore some states have done it uh missouri and kansas missouri gotten to such a bloodletting between the the state border and kansas city that they've kind of called all called a truce and and maybe I, I don't know i mean all i know is that all this corporate welfare hasn't made arkansas the new silicon valley I think we ought to invest in schools. We ought to invest in infrastructure. We ought to build cities with great cultural amenities. And good people will come. I mean, the steel companies came to Northeast Arkansas not because of corporate welfare, although Lord knows we laid it on them. It came because the Mississippi River is a great shipping point. It came because we had cheap electric rates, which they needed for these foundries. And that's why they're here. So, you know, I I don't know. That's... uh, Easy for me to say. I'm happy to say there's a little Coke-funded outfit at the University of Central Arkansas that provides a little uh, support for my view on corporate welfare that they think if we all did away with it, it'd be better for everybody. I mean, that's what the free market system is supposed to be about. But we don't have the courage to do that. In fact, the mayor of Little Rock wants more money in a slush fund for economic development. And just it, giving out these tips to people, it, it's not sound economic policy. Build a great city and people will want to live here. That's it's that simple, okay. And hard, I should say. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on to endorsements. What do you got? Well, I'm gonna. I want to unendorse the Amy Klobuchar's hot dish. They had this hot dish house party at Bobby Roberts last night, and I went partially so I could get the Amy Klobuchar recipe hot dish, which is cream of mushroom soup, hamburgers, cheese, and tater tots. Too salty. I mean, I love. I love all cat. I mean, it wasn't bad, but. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with my burnt cheese casserole recipe. I'll share it sometime. Burnt cheese? Well, that's what my kids called it. It's just pasta and tomato sauce and sausage and a lot of cheese on top. But I always baked it where the cheese on top kind of got all brown and crusty. Uh-huh. My kids called it burnt cheese casserole. They loved it. It's that's pretty It's pretty good. Okay. Well, well, that can be your... So I recommend burnt sometime. cheese casserole. <laughs> However, I did see a, a Parasite. Yeah, and I have to recommend it. I mean, it was I'd have shortened it a little bit and 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 
but and, I, and I'm not quite sure why it was such a huge hit. It was great. Well, it was certainly of the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It was. I mean, it was not a bad experience. I and I learned from uh, Rebecca that uh, this incredible house in the movie yeah. was built for the movie, and I wondered about that at the time. I loved the house. Oh yeah, the house is just fabulous. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I liked the movie too. I was, and I really recommend going and not knowing the plot. Yes, because I, I I had no idea. But I'm not going to say what happened. I had no idea what was going to happen, and so that made it better. Yeah. Have you seen any of his other movies, like Pope Joe? No, no. It's on Netflix. It was a Netflix production. Uh, I think you might like it. I don't know. It It is um, not supernatural, but it is... Uh, there's a... Mystical a, element. Well, there's a giant pig elephant creature at the center of There's a creature, of it. okay. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it's, it's also a critique of capitalism and consumer culture and all that. Uh, I'm going to recommend a show that I also suspect you probably would not like, or actually, I don't know the outsider on HBO. Have you watched it? I have not. Well, you would like it in the sense that it's by Richard Price. Um, the, the great crime novelist who's, um, written on, the Wire and is one of David Simon's frequent collaborators and is just so great at writing dialogue and setting mood and it's a procedural uh, set in Georgia I think um, that is begins uh, as a child murder and then quickly becomes this sort of supernatural thing which I know you don't like but the, the kind of twist here is that it is it's approached as sort of the normal procedural throughout. It's as if, you know, in the real world, this thing came and you had real cops trying to figure that out. And the the main actor whose name I can't remember is just a wonderful character actor, Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, he was in that uh, Netflix show with the coach from Friday Night Lights about the... The family in uh, oh in Florida, Florida that got he, involved in drug running. Yes, and he was the yeah, Nairdwell yeah. brother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, great. Good, yeah, he's a good actor. Um, he's Australian. He was on uh, Fresh Air the other day, maybe yesterday, and I I didn't catch it all, but he was he was talking in his normal accent and then switched to his American accent and was sort of explaining the difference and talking about how lazy Australian people are in their speech. It's really funny. Anyway, uh, I'm digging that show. It's about three quarters of the way through. The Outsider on HBO. By, by the way, I mean more in keeping with my plebeian taste. I'm catching up on this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. We just laughed out loud. Yeah, I'm, I'm behind. <laughs> we just laughed last night. We just laughed out loud. Have you watched High Maintenance? No, I don't think so. Also on HBO. It's very good. Maybe my favorite show. It's it's uh, there's only a few seasons. It's about this marijuana delivery guy, and he's in every episode, and he delivers marijuana to people, and then the episodes are about who he delivered to. Yeah, and is so it, is it funny or is it serious? It's very funny, though there are sometimes some serious elements. It can be kind of wacky. Um, there was one recently that uh, was about a producer on This American Life that was 
pretty good and funny that had all of this American Life people. Well, that sounds like that might that might work for me. Yeah, it's good. It's only good. Give me a can of Pabst. It's thirty minutes. Too. I want to say they had they served Pabst last night at the Amy Klobuchar hot dish house party. Really on brand. I'm telling you, Pabst and a hot dish. That's kind. Of, that's kind of. That's kind of my sweet spot. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Subscribe via your favorite place to get podcasts, and we'll be back next week. See ya.